the Title Town Podcast, episode 23. Well, hi there. You're listening to episode 23 of the Title Town Podcast. On this episode, we are going to recap the Packers walloping of the Houston Texans. My name is Austin Gann, and I am joined, as always, by the one, the only Daniel Marhanka. Daniel, how's it going, buddy? Also, did you like my use of the word walloping? I did enjoy the use of walloping. That Good. is a first walloping reference I've heard in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Austin, it's almost like someone predict this game predicted this game perfectly. Uh, well, I don't know if you want to give away who, but how. How? Well, I said that the Packers were going to blow out the Houston Texans, which okay. they did. I said that Mike Pettin would be ready to go, which mm-hmm. he did. And I said Matt LaFleur won't lose two straight games. Would you like a cookie? P- yes, please. <laughs> I forgot please one. Please and thank you. I forgot one. I'm just saying. I figured you were also going to talk about how you wrote in your uh, X Factors preview that uh, the offensive line was going to have a good game, and they did. I should definitely highlight that because they did not allow a quarterback hit or sack. Mm-hmm. Great game by the Packers. I would like that a chocolate chip cookie, please. Okay, well, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. There, I just want to say, I'm the Nostradamus for Packers games. <laughs> if we remember in week three for the Saints game, I said first one to 30 will win. I said the Buccaneers game was going to be funky. Mm-hmm. I said you, we're going to lay into the Vikings in week one when you said we were going to lose. No, the only loss I, I no, predicted no, no, was... No, 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 The only loss no, I no, predicted no, 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 was, no, no, the, no. <laughs> was the Falcons. You said, I just don't have a great feeling about this game, and that I said is, we're going to I still picked them. them to win at the end of the of that preview episode. I predicted them I to win. Because I convinced you. Because I convinced you. Fine. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Whatever. You're, well, congratulations. You, you are on fire. I am. You're and on fire. So are the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> All right. Uh, Daniel, what are your initial thoughts on uh, this particular game? I enjoyed it. I uh, really, really enjoyed it. I thought that the offense was in rhythm for most of the first half. It looked like they struggled a little bit in the second half, but it's definitely you were up. 21 nothing going into the half. Of course, you're going to try to wear out the clock, wear out your opponent, maybe try a few new things, which I feel like that was the feel of the game. But I was really impressed with how the defense played. Uh, early on, I feel like they were really going after the ball. Just, you know, I it reminded me, and I said this in the th- – um, the preview show about how in the Bears game last year, it felt like any time there was a play um, – kind of over the middle or something, that there was always a defender either right there or just no yards after the Mm -hmm. catch was available. And I feel like this game had that same vibe to it. Uh, One huge thing that I noticed and that we could talk about more or I could just say it briefly here is the way Kamal Martin played is he had, I think, I want to say six solo tackles during the game and three defensive stops, which is a great... uh, stat and then also the way that after the whistle was over with he was always kind of still having that energy if there was a ball on the ground he was picking it up running it and just kind of that stuff is what the Packers need they need that 
ball hawk, that guy who's going to give 110% on every single play at that position. And I think now that we're pairing him and Chris Barnes more, and I hope that Christian Kirksey can come back soon because I think those three working together will make this defense into something uh, just a little bit more viable game in and game out and kind of begin to – get Ty Summers less and less snaps because I think anytime the defense was getting assaulted on Sunday, it was when Ty Summers was on the field. He just looked out of place with how the rest of the unit was playing. Yes. Uh, Great win. Great team win. Great bounce back win. Houston's just not very good. They're not very good, but I mean, you still have Deshaun Watson and uh, I feel like the Texans really on defense tried to copy and paste what the Buccaneers did last mm. Sunday. Yeah. They just don't have the personnel no. that the Buccaneers have. So definitely sending more blitzes, leaving the wide receivers and different things one-on-one. When you don't have the personnel to do that or the front seven to do that outside of J.J. Watt, Aaron Rodgers will expose you. Yeah. And they were very noncommittal on double covering Devontae Adams, so he just lit him up. Yep. Uh, also shows that last week's game was a blip, was yeah, an anomaly, I mean, like Aaron Rodgers said, and it, not the beginning of the trend. It could be a blip or that this is another team that didn't have a great record, so it kind of feeds into that narrative. But also, when you're beating bad teams how you're supposed to be beating them by two scores, you know, being up 21 nothing at half, that still speaks volumes about a football team. Yeah. And they still beat the Saints, who are a good team, a contending team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have to play the 49ers, who I think is almost – you know, they're not the best right now with the injuries that they're dealing with, but there's still a demon that the Packers need to exercise. And we have to play the Bears twice this year, who the Bears, as we're recording this, are about to play Monday night football against the Rams. So we won't know probably what the outcome is, but they're the top team in the NFC technically right yeah. now. But I think that this Packers team against your division opponents has shown how well they can play, and they definitely have an emphasis on those divisional games. So I definitely think we can win one or two games against the Bears this year. Absolutely. Daniel, let's get into our uh, winners and losers from this game. Who's your first winner or loser? My first winner is Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, that whole connection, because yeah. I feel like during the Buccaneers game, it felt like we were forcing the ball to Devontae Adams. Similar to the Chargers game last year. Very similar to the Chargers game, and we just we kept going to that instead of really spreading out the ball. And it felt like on Sunday that it felt more like week one against the Vikings where if Devontae's available, we'll go to him. But if not, we have different progressions, things we can go through. You know, we're still committed to the run game kind of as that game goes on. And so I really like the flow of the offense that they kind of had on Sunday. And I think that they just need to copy and paste this for the next few opponents of, hey, if Devontae's available, they're not taking him away. Let's go for him. I think we saw a lot of third down conversions that involved Devontae Adams, which is really where I think he excels because of his route running, his ability to get free quick. Uh, one quick thing is that he was very good on third and shorts, which is something that I think the Packers have kind of struggled with at times this year where they need to really get more creative on the third and uh, short, third and medium. And I feel like that was there this Sunday. 
and you got to stop having third and longs, which I think is something that we battled a little bit more in the second half. Yes. But that's my first winner is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams' connection. My my favorite play involving Devontae on Sunday was I, it was the second touchdown uh, in the red zone. And I can't remember who was commentating the game. Because well, I can tell you what's going to go wrong here, and the yeah. corner and the corner was playing press up on Devonte, and what happened? It was over. gave up gave up a touchdown, got burned, yep. gave up a touchdown. Just a funny play, funny commentary on that. I mean, Adams was just absolutely on fire. Great call out for a first uh, winner. My first winner. How about we put some respect on Jair Alexander's name? He deserves my it. lord. He what a season it. he's having, and it's it's you almost don't think about him during the game. Because he's not getting talked about because he's not being thrown at. He's not getting targeted. He's not getting targeted. Unbelievable season. i got to read this tweet that I found that I just absolutely love. This year, Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, and Will Fuller have combined for 71 catches, 1,075 receiving yards, and 14 receiving touchdowns. But when being guarded by Jair Alexander, they combine for two targets, zero catches, Zero yards. That is an incredible stat. And J.R. Alexander, you know, last year, a lot of the things were, you know, he had a really rough game against Amari Cooper, and people said, okay, he can't cover the league's elite of the elite talent. But he show, he has shown this year that he's played good wide receiver after good wide receiver. And these are bigger guys. These aren't your littler, faster guys. These are your bigger Guys, so he's definitely playing up to their size, and he is playing tremendous. And I think, you know, once you get Kevin King back in the mix, this defense could really take off if Mike Pettin keeps this more aggressive game plan that we saw on Sunday. And also, I mean, Jair Alexander is becoming that elite guy yes. that a lot of people before the season were saying he needs to become this. And now he is. He is. He's fulfilling that right before our eyes. And it really makes you think that a big payday is coming to this guy. And also a quick mention, Josh Jackson's played really good these past two weeks. He's not been that kind of sore thumb. They're just going to keep pounding at his side. Like he's been very, very consistent yeah, and very good and really held it down. And I think, you know, if Kevin were to walk at the, at the end of the season and go into free agency, I think Josh Jackson could step up in that role, mm-hmm. and I think we're seeing that confidence build, and I think this coaching staff will not uh, go unnoticed on that part. Jair's on pace for an all-pro season. I, oh, I, I, I think it's crazy. Pro Bowl, he might get snubbed from um, Pro Bowl, I'm sorry, and get the all-pro, which some players have done that, got yeah. snubbed from Pro Bowl, but who, made all-pro. but the Pro Bowl? The all-pro is what you want to make, but yeah. hopefully – that none of these Packers will actually be going to the Pro Bowl. They'll be you know going why? to the Super Bowl. Right. They'll be getting ready for the Super Bowl. Amen. As one Zadarius Smith said last year. That's, I love that quote from him, by the way. That was just a very cool thing. Anyway, who's your uh, next winner slash loser? My loser is the special teams unit as a whole. <laughs> they had a uh, punt blocked and uh, J.K. shanked one. And, I mean, the highlight was him getting them to the two, but then the defense let up a field goal that drive, Mm -hmm. which was very frustrating. But the onside kick recovery was bad. (laughs) 
<laughs> was really, really bad. Chandon Sullivan couldn't get his hands around it. You know, the third or second effort for the ball under the pile. So that's something that needs to be cleaned up because in close games where you're not fa- playing an inferior opponent, when you're playing a team who can play to your talent level, these are the mistakes that they'll start piling up and then you'll be down by 20 like in the Bucks game. So the Packers really need to kind of clean that up this week. Yes. Agreed. Sorry, I had to, I, I, I had to I was, bring down the, mo- well, the mood. Well, I was anticipating you bringing Swerve and Irvin into this, and how they're, you know, they are. I Swerve mean, and Irvin. Swerve, and how Irvin, Swerve and Irvin just puts together the special teams all around. It, it may be that that his magic, his aura, his folklore mm-hmm. brings this special teams unit and gels it. But I don't know how you mistake him for a blocked. Punt. Reminding everybody at home that Daniel is the founder, president. CEO, CEO of the COO, COO of the Tyler Irvin. I was gonna say I was gonna give you one for any other titles for the the Swerve and Irvin fan club. Swerve and Irvin fan club goes through Daniel because I'm very surprised you didn't just try to shoehorn him in there. My next winner or loser? It's actually a loser. MVS, MVS giveth and MVS taketh away. Yes. Bad game. Not great. Yeah. Very, very key drops. and Very, very significant key drops that he had. If if he's not careful, I think we're going to run into what he ran into last year. Last year, he dealt with an injury a little bit, but also, as the season went on, the snaps got less and less and less for him. Mm-hmm. And I think having um, Turner play a little bit better on Sunday, or I'm sorry, Taylor, Malik Taylor, mm-hmm. play a little bit better on Sunday and then also maybe Darius Shepard taking a bigger role, and them just not rolling out a whole lot of multiple wide receiver sets, his snap count could lessen and lessen and lessen, and he has to start to put together really good games if he wants to be on this team. Yep. But, again, MVS giveth and MVS taketh away. He does. He's going to have 98 yards on Sunday against the Vikings. I, I could see it, and he really exploited them week one. He yeah. had the opportunity to almost get 150 in week one. Yeah. And I think his speed and his size does is not a good matchup for the Vikings. So he's going to have a good game against so the Vikings. So he's going to have a good game against the Vikings, and I, I definitely could see that. I think game. we've nailed the MVS uh, schedule of when he's going to have good games and bad ones. Hey, if he only shows up against division opponents— Sign I'm not mad at that. Sign me up because right. if you go six and zero in the division again this year, I mean that's that's happy sailing. How insane would that be? That would be Matt insane. Lafleur starts twelve and zero against the division. I am all for it. That'd be crazy. Daniel, who's your uh, last winner or loser? I have two of them down, but I need to pick one. I will go with Jamal Williams. He stepped in and really put together a great game. He went over 100 yards uh, all-purpose, and he was very dynamic, really kept the flow of the game going. As always, brought the energy on offense, and it was really a really, 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 really cool thing to see him just kind of step into that RB1. And I want to go back to something that I said. I'm not sure what episode, but what is the possibility of the Packers moving on from Aaron Jones, but re-signing Jamal Williams. For so many Packers fans, I feel like they keep saying, oh, well, if Aaron Jones is gone, they're not re-signing either of them. 
But I really think Jamal Williams could be a number one back mm -hmm. in this league. And also, this might be the plan the Packers have, honestly. I yeah. really honestly think that. And also, once A.J. Dillon starts to take a more advanced role in these offense, I really think it's happening in week two. Because if it were to happen, it would have already happened on Sunday. But he just didn't get that advancement role in this offense. I really think Jamal Williams could be our number one next year, and he's showing out and showing up in almost every game, whether yep. he's on a limited snap count because Jones is in or this week when he has a little bit more carries. Yep. My last loser here, J.J. Watt. Really feel bad for the guy, you know? You could tell he was very clearly frustrated, and the, the broadcast did a very good job of emphasizing how frustrated yep. he was during the game. But even if you Pacing. Look, pacing. Pacing. <laughs> Just very, very clearly upset uh, after the game. Excuse me during the during his press conference, he was having no part of it. He was very clearly frustrated. You, I mean, you got to feel bad for him. You have to feel bad for him. And this, I texted you yesterday. Since today's Monday, we're recording this. I texted you yesterday. I had I just had this thing I had to get off my chest, but I wanted to wait. All right, until we're together. I am not. And the all oh, Packers need to trade for this player. They need to trade for this player. They need to trade for this player. But what would it take to get Houston to give up JJ? I don't know. A second I, round pick in Preston Smith? I would I don't know if I'd give up Preston Smith right now. I, I would just go draft picks and maybe another developmental piece. I don't think you want to give up someone who can contribute right now. I think financially it would work because of how much JJ is on the hook for and how that, much Preston that's true. is. It financially would work. But, I mean, I I just feel bad for JJ. And I don't know if it's him needing to get out of Houston or they just need to get to January or February when they hire the new coach and GM and they have direction and they just got to suffer right now. But it's just bad for JJ, and I feel bad for him. Hey, hashtag bring JJ home. Yes, that would be nuts. <laughs> Daniel, what's your highlight of the game? My highlight of the game, and one thing that sticks out is that Actually, can I stop you? What was your other one? What was your other loser you didn't cover? My other, I had another winner. Okay. Mike Pettin. He, he put it together. After, you know, the whole Mike Pettin rant that I had, and I ended it with, I think he's going to show up this week, and he did. And mm -hmm. I was really impressed. And, you know, it really is funny you know he knows how to make that defense work, but why does he play so passive at times? And you have to think Matt LaFleur was breathing down his neck last <laughs> week in game planning and in practice. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was bad hosting there. It's okay. cut off what you were about to say to go back, but I, I really wanted to hear what, what you had. Okay. Now, highlight of the game. Go. Jay Sternberger touchdown. Uh, it is an incredibly difficult throw that Aaron Rodgers makes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is an incredibly difficult catch that Jay Sternberger had to make. A wonderful play designed to have the whole defense confused by what you were doing. You have to throw the ball kind of around and above J.J. Watt. It was a tremendous play on all accounts, and that was kind of the creativity that I think this kind of team was lacking in the red zone at times, and I thought that they did a tremendous job on Sunday with it, and that was definitely... Just the thing that I keep thinking about today, kind of one day removed from the game, that has kind of stuck with me. And I know there's a lot of great plays, and you're going to bring up another great one on defense, but I just that sticks out to me. That play does. Yep. My highlight of the game was 
Preston Smith, who I just talked about trading to the <laughs> Texans. He, he showed up and showed, he out showed the up the whole game. He showed up, but my favorite play of the game was him stuffing the option on fourth down. He read the option perfectly. I can't remember where they were on the field, but it was a key fourth down. If he doesn't make that read, Deshaun Watson's getting the first down. And they're possibly scoring and putting themselves back in that game. Preston read it perfectly, shut down the play, gave the ball back to the offense. Absolutely love that play for Preston, who hasn't had a great year. So it was nice to see him show up and have a good game and have a significant play in the game. He did. Daniel, we won. Victory Monday. Victory Monday. Did you have a good Victory Monday? I did. Very, I, very busy. As did I. But five and one. Five and one, baby. That's where we're sitting right now. Mm-hmm. But now we got to look to go one and oh. One and oh. Put this game in the review mirror. We're not you even thinking about it. You have two games in 10 days. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got it, put, it's go time. We got go time. We're, we're zero and zero. We're looking to go one and zero. One and zero. On and to the next one. We're gonna talk about the next game. Hi, what are your early thoughts on this game against the Vikings coming up on Sunday? No Dalvin Cook. I think the Packers could really lay it on this team again. Um, I honestly, I don't know if they need to abandon what they did in Week One or go right back to it. If that makes sense, because you had a lot of success in Week One. But how I, I would be curious to see what the Packers coaching staff sees as far as like what are the Vikings kind of evolving into? What can you do really well against them right now? So it'll be interesting to hear what analysts and coaches have to say this week on how they want to attack the Vikings. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm leaning more towards copy and paste week one because the Vikings haven't showed any sense of improvement on yes. any side of the ball this week or this season. Yep. Another bad team, fortunately, on the schedule. But do the Packers look ahead at the 49ers and possibly fall for a trap game? You can't. You you, you can't <laughs> afford to because you could be 0-2 out of these next 10 days and be chilling at 5-3 and middle of the pack in the NFC. You need to keep dominating because now we're starting to root for losses. Like we're rooting for a loss for the Bears tonight. We rooted for the Cardinals to beat the Seahawks last night. So you need to keep winning so we have to yes. stop rooting for losses. If you control your own destiny, there's no need to pay attention to any other team because you are kind of the head honcho. Right. So we need to win these games. But we'll, we'll have uh, more to say about the game. On our preview episode next Absolutely. time you hear from us. Daniel, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at Daniel Marhanka on Instagram and Twitter, M-A-R-H-A-N-K-A. Where can people find you on the internet, Austin? You can find me at Austin A. Gann on Twitter and Instagram. Also, more importantly, you can follow the podcast at Titus Hound Podcast on Twitter, Instagram. We have a Facebook page. Follow us there for a bunch of cool content. All the places you can follow us. Also, Follow the podcast. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. We appreciate your feedback. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Daniel, until next time. See ya. Adios.